Welcome back to another episode of the Ticket to Anywhere podcast. I am Trizzy. And I'm Leah. We are two voices, two views, and two ways to adventure from anywhere. Heck yes. And today we are drinking our trusty coffee and tea. I'm going to Vanna White for it all for you all. So I just made um, my espresso with a mocha pot and then I poured and frothed some silk oatmeal cookie oat milk creamer. (laughs) It's so extra oatmeal oatmeal cookie flavored oat milk creamer and the mug is from one of my personal favorites, Pete's Coffee. Yeah, but I am not a coffee drinker. I am a tea drinker. And the tea that I have today <laughs> is actually from, it's actually a gift from China. Um, it's a black tea. And it tastes like kind of like the teas that you would get at a dim sum restaurant. Can you tell you how many cups of tea I've forgotten that I was steeping? <laughs> <laughs> Just Come on, waiting. It's like, leaving, it's like leaving toast in the toaster that I forget I, there's toast in the toaster. <laughs> So coffee and tea is a huge part of who Trizzy and I are. We like to buy bags, tea bags, coffee bags, wherever we travel and bring them home with us. So we thought we'd share with you uh, what we're drinking. So for this episode, we interviewed Danielle Desir on Ticket to Anywhere podcast. She is a blogger, author, podcaster of the Thought Card podcast, homeowner, all while having a full-time job. If you think she's stopping there, she's not. She's also creator of the Women of Color podcasters. She has so many speaking engagements coming up and she's doing the most, but we are here for it. We're still trying to figure out how she's juggling so many projects, all while giving her 100% to everything she does. We talked to her about saving and budgeting for travel, how she does it and what her tips are. This is a phenomenal interview with so much inspiration in all of Danielle's words. Yeah. And so I was lucky enough to meet her through the Nomadic Network and she's given a few, you know, budgeting for travel uh, tips in her in her talks. And she's very the advice she gives is very actionable, like things you can do right now. And it's realistic, you know. Yeah, like very tangible goals. Yeah. Um, I loved how she simultaneously paid off her debt and saved up for a house. And one of the best parts is that she still works a nine to five job. There you go. That's baller. So we're shifting off into the episode. But before that, if you find value and enjoy our episodes and our special guests, please rate us and leave us a review on apple Podcasts. don't forget you can also leave us a review or a comment on our facebook page or our youtube channel just remember to search for ticket number two anywhere podcast and you can now also support our work by buying us a coffee so just head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash tickets anywhere and you can support our work with monetary means, if you wish. All of your support and your kind words are the things that keep us motivated, keep us going, keep us filming great content and bringing amazing guests on the show. So without further ado, here's the episode. Hey there, it's Trizzy and Leah, your host for the Ticket to Anywhere podcast. We created this travel podcast for you, who's just as obsessed with exploring the globe as we are. We each travel a different way and even have different work schedules, but every episode we aim to widen your worldview, inspire you to consider a destination near or far, or learn from others. With us, you can adventure from anywhere. Keep in touch with us on social media at Ticket to Anywhere Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. 
Never miss an episode by subscribing to Ticket to Anywhere podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. And hit subscribe to follow our visual podcast on YouTube. You are truly the intersection of like budgeting and travel. And we're super excited. So let's just get started. Danielle, um, podcaster, author, blogger, homeowner, a full-time job, like founder of Women of Color Podcasters. Like, is there anything you don't do? (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Adding on to the list every year. It seems like I add on another layer of complexity, but yes. That's amazing. Yeah. And even on your Instagram today, you were like, um, you were asking, oh, if I started a a different podcast that talked about this, like, would you all listen? I know. (laughs) Trizzy's face. (laughs) I'm like, this is this is hard enough right here, just one <laughs> podcast, but Leah is actually managing a lot. And then I can't imagine what you're juggling over there. <laughs> yes. But you know, I think it's like, once you do one thing and you're creative in one thing, it's like, you're, you start to open your mind to be like, what else is next? Like what else yeah. is possible? So I'm like, I do one podcast, but I feel like what I want to talk about is not necessarily going to be in line with like the podcast I have. So maybe another one mm-hmm. could be if people are interested, if they're interested, if not, right. then I'll just keep it to myself. No, 100%. I I mean, I see you as like this authority, this leader in that space, like knowing how to budget your life well, so that you're able to travel, right? Like budgeting first, and then travel will fit into that. So I'd love for you to tell us like about your start and how you got the name Thought Card and just the beginning of everything. Sure. So Thought Card is going to be six years old in April. So it's coming up really soon, which is incredible. I have always had a passion for travel and money. So my family's from Haiti. And when I was young, like starting at three, my mom would send me to Haiti over the summer to be with my grandparents. So my grandparents have been financially independent for my entire life. So I'm 30 and my grandparents have been retired for 30 years and they retired around their like 50s. So that's kind of like the money aspect. So, but it's kind of like, I just realized that like last year, I was like, wow, they've been financially independent for a really long time, like the entire, my entire life. Uh, But I would go to Haiti every single summer. Um, So that's part of the travel part, but it's the same place, uh, which kind of gets a little boring, right? And especially like during high school that time, I wanted to hang out with friends. I wanted to make money. So travel became not as important, um, which sadly, I'm pretty sad about that because there was a Disney trip for my high school, like senior year. And I said, no, I was like, I want to be with my friends. I'm not going to Disney with my, no, I don't know. I was wrong with me. <laughs> very odd. I was very odd for that, but that's my biggest regret. I think one of my big regrets, but, um, as I actually like got to college and travel reemerged because everyone's going on spring break trips or summer vacations. And then study abroad became like this thing. I was like, wow, I wanted to go to Paris, but unfortunately Uh, finances was an issue. So even though I had covered a lot of my uh, admissions and like all my school costs were a lot of it through grants, they weren't being covered when I studied abroad. So I asked my mom, I was like, mom, could you help me to do this? And she said she will do her best. She's a single mom. She'll do her best. And she's always done an amazing job. But long story short is that we were losing our home to foreclosure. So she was willing to put herself on the line to help, you know, let me do something that I wanted to do 
meanwhile, no electricity at home. I'm in college, so I don't, I don't even know what's going on. And she's just telling me that, you know, she's struggling. So I came to the realization that, you know what, there's no way I'm going to go to Paris while my mom is losing her, her home. But I did make a vow to myself that money was going to be uh, the thing that I focused on so that I can afford to travel. Like I didn't want to have these barriers as much as possible. So I, I tabled my dream to go to Paris and I had this promise to myself. So when I got my first job around 2013, I worked the entire year and I saved the entire year starting at like $25 a paycheck. And I got to go to Paris in 2014 off of my savings. And I say this now, it's like, you can't unsee what you saw. Like when you see mm -hmm. something that works and you're so inspired by your ability to actually make something happen, I knew there was no way I'm never going to like go back to not traveling again. Like my life has changed. And I went on that first trip to Paris and that was really what sparked me. And I said, you know what? I save, I travel and I could repeat. I could do the mm -hmm. same thing, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And every year my goal was to spend the same amount of money per year, but on more trips. So I became more financially savvy by just, again, spending wisely with the same amount of budget that I had. So that's really the, the gist of travel. Um, and then money, I would say I was probably the anomaly. Like, I don't think a lot of people talk about money when they're growing up, but my mom was very transparent. Like we talked about money all the time. My earliest Lucky. money, <laughs> my earliest yeah. money memory was me picking up a student loan bill of my mom's. And I was like, mom, there's so many zeros. Like, is this a check? And she's like, no, this is a bill. <laughs> so that was like my earliest money memory. But my mom helped me uh, open up my first retirement account at 15. We talked about travel, not travel, but money all the time. So I'm really fortunate that I had that, like, you know, that introduction to money and saving early on. But that doesn't mean that you don't make mistakes. I've made plenty of mistakes, but I do feel like I did have a bit of a leg up because financial literacy was a, a topic at home. That's so that's so good. I feel like I grew up in a Filipino household and it's still a bit taboo to talk about money, you know, even back in the Philippines, but even as a Filipino American. So I'm really jealous about uh, you know, I'm I'm jealous of people who had that education growing up because I feel like unlike you, my budgeting, I mean, as you can tell by like me not having a travel fund, my budgeting really only came into play and took a serious role in my life, maybe like five, six years ago, right? When I started seriously traveling, I'm like, all right, I got to like rearrange these finances around. So um, I feel like you're very, very lucky in that sense. So that's awesome. And then how did the name, the, the thought card come about? Yeah. So I was dating someone at the time. This was like 2015, right? So and he would send me letters whenever we got into like tidbits, he would send me like these long letters. I'm like, why are you sending me letters? <laughs> like, this, like, just talk to me. I'm right here. Just send me, don't talk to me. But it was through those interactions that I actually realized like there's something special about writing down your thoughts and long form, just expressing yourself. So I came up with the thought card as a way for me to express myself primarily through travel and money, but also I wanted to leave it general. So if I ever pivot away from that, yes. it could still be something that it's like, you know, you fill in, you fill in the subject matter later. So that's kind of how it came about. But when I first started my blog, I was not a writer. Like I didn't have, I didn't think of myself as a writer. I just wanted to share my thoughts 
And over time, now I see myself as a writer. Like I've stepped into it. I've leaned fully into that role. Uh, but when I started, not so much. So what what came first as far as like the books, the podcast, the blog, the blog first, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, I want to jump back to a point then What because you were talking about, you know, growing up with this education, but what have been some of the hardest things for you regarding budgeting um, and just going through your adult life and like things learning? I know you said you paid off like 63 grand in debt. But um, is there anything like recently or what what has stuck out in recent memory or throughout your career of like what has been one of the hardest uh, obstacles you've had to go through? Yeah, I definitely think understanding your your style of like dealing with your finances and how you appreciate your journey. So there are, pre- there are certain people who are like mathematical, like they want to tackle the highest interest. They want to tackle you know, the things that make mathematical sense. And I'm not one of those people. I focus on the wins. I'm very driven by my successes and I build off of those wins. So I need the kind of the pep in the step, the yay, cheering on. So I do that primarily by stacking on my small wins. So whenever there is something small, I'll tackle like the the small things first and then I'll build momentum so that that's how I was able to pay off so much debt because I did the small things first. If I'm looking at the hard journey, it's probably going to be discouraging. And I know myself enough that I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say, um, what I've learned also is that I prefer to work on multiple goals at the same time. So there are people who say, you know, do one thing to the end and then move on to the next thing. But again, because I know who I am and I know that I get discouraged when it looks too hard, right? <laughs> so I rather do two things at the same time. So I was paying off my student loan debt while saving for a house because I knew after I finished paying off my debt, I wanted to move on and be better prepared than just kind of starting from zero again. So those are some of the things I think have been helpful for me is knowing who you are. If you drive on quick wins, make sure you're tackling things that help you to to feel those quick wins, not being afraid to tackle multiple things at the same time. It may be slower, but for me, it works for me. I am mesmerized. (laughs) (laughs) I have chills. Your words like speak volume. I feel it all the way here in the (laughs) West Coast. (laughs) No, you've done so much and you're still juggling a lot. What is like an active, productive day look like for you? Okay, so it's it's challenging because I have a full-time job and I'm a manager. So it's not like I'm only an independent worker. I also manage a team. So, but I think for me, I'm, what's awesome is that I'm really good at my job. So it's like, I can fit my workload in nine to five, even when it's crazy. So with that being said, I really prioritize early mornings because that's my zone of genius. So everyone has like this productivity time of the day where it's like they're, they're lit and they're ready to go. And mornings just so happen to be that time for me, which means that I need to make sure I prioritize my creative work during that time. So I try to my best as possible. I try to wake up early to get work done for my creative businesses, what I'm doing. 
And then secondary, like I try not to do it after five because I know that I'm already spent. Mm. Like I woke up early, I worked for the man and now I'm just, or the woman (laughs) and now I'm spent. Right. So like, I really rarely work after five. Um, It may be like a podcast interview or something like that, where it's like less brain power, but I think figuring out the time that you're most productive and hopefully it's not during the day, like, you know, during 12 (laughs) o'clock when you're working or something like that. Um, that's really helpful. Gotcha. I literally just listened to your episode on like how to balance content creation around your nine to five job. Yes. (laughs) Cause that's like what both Trizzy and I are doing. That's what you're doing. So you're teaching us how to do that. You know, I'm always Mm -hmm. looking for tips on how to be better. So, so on (laughs) vacations, on your trips, how do you unwind? Oh, I love running and I love, I love running because it's like you're exploring a new area while also getting a good workout. Right. So running is like my favorite pastime to do when I'm traveling and just being in the moment, especially like during the pandemic now, like I realized that when I am doing some local travel, it's more about being in the destination versus the things to do. Right. So just being chilling out, relaxing. Um, I also like, I like to look at free things to do. Like now that we're talking about like savvy travel, like free things to do are like my favorite things to do because I could stack up my days with a bunch of free things to do and save my coins for something that's amazing. Like the things that I truly, truly I want to spend money on. So I'm always looking on Pinterest for like activities, uh, that's fun. Really fun. I like hiking also, um, just more and beer. I really like craft beer. So <laughs> nice. I'm at a brewery, like a beer at a breweries and just, go. or a winery or cidery or anything like that. Like a good drink in hand. I'm happy. Gotcha. That's what you're saving your coins for, for the food yes. and the drinks. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was just going to ask on, on your trips then, like, do you have a non-negotiable that you do spend your money on? You're like, oh, I'll save on accommodation and try to find cheap flights, but like I'll hit up the breweries that are there, like no questions asked, something like that. Yes, absolutely. So all about value-based spending, which means that I'm going to spend my money on things I value more than just frivolous things. So I do not prioritize flights. So I get the cheapest flight, like put me in economy. Let me squish in there. Well, back in the day, let me squish in there. Uh, Not anymore, but uh, I would not prioritize my flights, but I would prioritize like walking tours or day trips. So there used to be like, you know, you would hop on a bus and for eight hours, explore like a different region of a city with a tour. Mm -hmm. I love those. I love having like someone explain to me the cultural context or like the historical context of stuff. So tours would be really fun. Food, drinks would be really fun. Cause again, it's a vacation. Like I, I do want to relax and unwind and do something different than what I would do when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, which trip and which, or which travels have you done that you had to get the most creative um, as far as like making it one of the, the cheapest. So I'm going to share two destinations. So one destination was pretty affordable and the other destination was like the most expensive. So destination was the, the most expensive is Iceland. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like top two, top two in, in the world, the most expensive wow. places. It's super expensive. So, but I love going to Iceland. So <laughs> I just have to be creative, right? Like your budget is fixed and you're just like, you know what, how can I make my, how can I make my budget work while I'm here? 
Mm-hmm. So when you're in an expensive place, it could mean that you spend less time at the at the destination. So the more days you spend, the more money per day you spend. So I would do short trips to Iceland, like three days, four days, because I knew I would still walk out of there with a thousand dollars spent. So I'm like, okay, I was like sweating. So, okay, I need <laughs> to make this work. So spending less time in a place is a good way to like control your spending, mm-hmm. but also like doing the free things or doing things where things are built into it. So I would say like, for example, at a hostel that had like free walking tours, right? Yeah. So that, that way it's like, I spent on my accommodation that came with free breakfast that came with a free tour. Nice. So mm-hmm. any way that you can add on these things complimentary is awesome. And then I also, what I tried to do also is a lot of the tours that they had, like the bus tours, would spend all day. So you would spend $50 yeah. and you would be out and about all day. Mm. And that is like one cost. If you want to spend on like other things you could, but one major cost and my whole day was taken care of. So I didn't have to worry about like pulling out my wallet all of the time. So that's how I handled Iceland. And then another trip I had was to Lisbon, Portugal. And I said, you know, when I got there, it's actually like fairly affordable compared to like your price, like London and Paris, it's fairly affordable. But when I got there, I was like, let's bet. Let's see. I want to try to go this entire like five day trip to see if I didn't spend any money on entertainment. So that was a challenge I had to myself where I'm like, I'm not spending any money on entertainment. I just need to find stuff to keep myself busy. And it worked. It really worked. I found so many things like lookout points and, you know, walking by the beach and Mm -hmm. other things. So I feel like if you're creative and maybe doing some challenges like that could be really Mm -hmm. helpful, just that you can kind of challenge yourself to go outside of what you would do. I think a lot of us, when we go on vacation, it's like, we want to spend a lot of money because we think that's what vacations have to be like. And we also feel like, well, I'm on vacation. I should treat myself because I'm not doing this often, yeah. but I'm, I, I do that all the time, but I'm like, I'm always thinking about like, okay, this, this one trip could be three trips if I play my cards right. Right. So I can yeah. truly travel more if I'm smart and at the end of the day, I don't, I don't miss out. I don't feel like I missed out on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I, I got to see more because I was more open to the opportunities and possibilities that sometimes you don't pay for. So, yeah. I really love that. Yeah. That's, that's funny that you have these like goals and challenges for yourself. Cause actually whenever I'm on a pretty long trip, I challenge myself because my budget's very fluid. Cause I kind of went on my trip budget's fluid. Sometimes I'll like say, okay, I need this for emergency just in case. Right. Um, but I try to come home with like a couple hundred dollars. That's usually my goal. It's like, okay, how can I make this budget stretch out and come home with like 200 bucks? So I'll say like, you know, a month in the Philippines, I'll say, give myself three grand, but I'm going to try to come home with 200 at the end of it. So um, I do love those little challenges too. <clears throat> Did your entertainment budget include food and drink though? Or was that like separate? That was separate. So mostly like like attractions, like things to do, like those tours, those museum passes, like those things we do to to fill up our time besides eating out and and dining and things like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Another hot tip I have, which I'm sure you've used, Danielle, I'm actually not sure. Do you do stay in hostels? I used to stay in hostels. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But now you, now you have a partner. So you travel together, you're getting like Airbnbs and hotels, right? It's yes. <laughs> I don't I'm know. Just gonna ask I don't, you. 
I don't think he's game for hostels. I don't think so. <laughs> I think he would just be like, eh. But surely, yeah. you know, like the hostel space nowadays, I mean, you know, pre-COVID, it's like turned into boutique hotel almost. Like I've seen yeah. some of the most stunning hostels and I'm like, this is, and a lot of them were converted hotels. So there yes. are like single rooms, but that's the funny thing about Trizzy and I is like, that's how we're different. Like I'm very much solo backpacker budget and she's a little bit more like she's got a partner with, you know, mid luxury. So probably similar. Yeah. More similar <laughs> to your style. Um, but Trizzy, a, a thing is like, and Danielle, you can attest to this too. Like if you're staying at an air, I've done this before in Colombia, if you're staying at an Airbnb, just pop down to like some of the bigger hostels and be like, Hey, are there free walking tours that I can, we can yes. hop on? Like they'll gotcha. always welcome outside, especially the bigger ones. They're like, you know, always welcoming people to their common space. Like that's what those common spaces are for. So that's also a good tip. If you don't want to pay for, pay for a walking tour, see what free ones yeah. are. I love hostels because they're social. It's like a social or used to be a social experience, which I think sometimes when you're traveling solo, you lack. So having that is like a good supplement. So, but I haven't dived into, I think I would scare him to <laughs> I would scare him right now. That's okay. <laughs> But I feel like there's just a lot of options like Airbnb. Oh, there's yeah. just so many um, options. And I think also because of the pandemic, like, you know, things have changed. So I'm not sure how how they're surviving at this time. Um, yeah. I know. Do you find That's that tough. Airbnbs are because of the cleaning fee and the service fee end up to be kind of like, I might as well just stay at a hotel. It is pricey. <laughs> it yeah. is pricey these days. Very, very pricey. Um, I don't know. I still feel like for me, I'm still prioritizing Airbnbs because I want to have that solo space. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to hear nobody coughing. (laughs) Like I just want to be in my own space, which I really love. And I also love the home atmosphere, like the design elements that they have. They make it feel like home. You have like Mm -hmm. your, you you have everything, your, all your comforts, which is, which is nice. Uh, But I am thinking of putting my pinky toe out there into like the hotel now. Um, But it just takes a little time. I think it takes a little time for you to accommodate to, you know, things are changing so fast. Tell us a little bit more about your podcast, because I've noticed you've been doing a few different series here and there. Yeah. So like at the top of the episode, I kind of mentioned that like you kind of start one thing and then you start dabbling (laughs) into another thing and then it spills all over. And then you're just like, yeah. So over time, like I started with the blog and then the podcast evolved from there. Um, But I realized that there were great opportunities that if I shifted my mindset and I thought, you know what, like as a content creator, I am a small business and I, no one talks about that. No one says that, Hey, you're a content creator and you're a small business owner, but I am, I'm a small, I have an LLC, I'm a business. So I saw a grant opportunity and I was trying to think backwards, like, what is something I think that would apply to the grant, but also that I'm really passionate about. And I ended up hitting up one of my really good biz besties and asked her, I was like, Hey, would you be interested in starting a series on the podcast? But we didn't want to start a new podcast because then you have to Mm -hmm. attract a new audience and build that (laughs) up. And it's just like, I'm just trying to do this one thing. So we agreed that we would stream this series on our existing feeds Mm -hmm. and the series is called Millennial Wealth Builders, and it highlights women of color who are building wealth because we realize that, you know, 
women of color have so many things that like hold us back, but seeing is a big part. Like when you see a woman of color who's doing something amazing, it gives you like that confidence. Like she does it, maybe I can do it too, right? It's it's so empowering. And we mm-hmm. wanted to uncover like the 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 strategies behind how they became who they became. So we pitched the idea and we got funding. So that was exciting. So it's like you pitch, you get funding, then you start, right? Like that's smart. That's smart. Not just start. And then you're like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, And it it was just like encouraging to get our first grant. And we decided, you know what, we're going to do it a monthly project so that we are not overwhelmed with the production. And it's also Mm -hmm. a docu-series. So I was... I was inspired by like Netflix's social dilemma mm-hmm. and just documentaries, yeah. right? Like you don't hear the person interviewing you. You kind of like don't hear it, but they have to tell a story within the story. So it just allowed me to like flex my creative muscle. And it's been now close to six months of it being aired once a month. And we've been able to highlight some incredible women who are building wealth. And that's how like the series, the Wealth Builder series grew from that, uh, from that, just again, finding funding and then saying, okay, let's just build off of that. Do you have a big team that you work with? (laughs) No. (laughs) Or is this all you? Is that all you? So here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I recently hired a podcast editor. I got to the point where like literally January, um, and it's been the best thing Ever because it's like I could literally just create and pass it to someone mm-hmm. and it sounds so much better than what I would do on my own because I don't know what I'm doing right like I'm trying to piece it together so if you would have asked me this like three months ago I would say no it was just me but now I have a podcast editor which is That's very nice which is very very helpful and I also feel like there's um you know, when you're struggling as a content creator to do things on your own, you really do appreciate the fact that you have help when you do have help. It's Mm -hmm. very, you appreciate it's just something different, definitely different. You out, you outsource your weakness, not to say editing is your weakness per se, but I'm Mm -hmm. saying like, if you can do other things faster and quicker, like you're going to give away, you know, whatever that someone else can do better. Someone else can do something better. Like you just said, Yes. Then why not? Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the quality is like way better than I could ever. Like he turned it around in a day. I was like, oh, thank wow. you. It would take me eight hours to do this one clip. So <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, good for you, Danielle. Good for you. But you. congrats to you for getting to that point where you're like, I can hire an editor. I can outsource I this. That's that's yes. massive. You know? Yes. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, I want to ask one more question before we get into our like rapid fire section. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, what do you have recommendations for favorite apps, resources, tools, uh, you know, to be great at budgeting, budgeting life for travel besides your own resources, of course, besides your blog. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I'm like low tech, so I don't have, and I think it's cause my iPhone's always like full of storage. So I never could have a lot of tech stuff. It's, 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 it's I don't really have room bad. for tech. <laughs> exactly. I don't have room for tech with my limited storage. But when I think about like, um, some apps that I, I, can't live without when I'm traveling, when I'm traveling abroad, I love to use a currency converter app. So I personally like like Oanda, O-A-N-D-A, but there's plenty of other ones. Um, Cause then I could literally see how much I'm spending in a different currency. And that will allow you to kind of price it out and say, this is kind of astronomical. Do I really want to spend that? So currency converter app is really helpful. There's also, I think the app is called Packlist. 
I think. Uh, but a packing, I mean, if you could find a packing app, that could also be really helpful. I'm like, I hate packing. I love travel, but I hate packing. So I leave it to last minute and having a packing list is really helpful because it just does all the math for me. It even looks at the weather for you. So that's really, really helpful. So it tells you like when you're going, the weather may be this, so pack a sweater. So that's really helpful. And then there's also like lots of budgeting apps. Like if you need help with budgeting, uh, there's a new app on the market called Cube, Q-U-B-E, Cube Money. So that could be a really good app. And they have uh, different buckets. So it, it will act like different savings accounts. So if you're struggling nice. with like, hey, I want to I wanna have multiple <laughs> big accounts, right? So you have different cubes and you can allocate different funds to different cubes. So I'm sure there's a bud- uh, app for everything, mm-hmm. uh, but it's all about like finding the one that helps you feel in flow and that doesn't feel like a chore to learn that new system. I love that. Thank you for those very succinct recommendations. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. We'll jump into the T2A Q2A, which is the ticket to anywhere quick to answer segment. And we got four questions for you. The okay. first one is why do you travel? I travel to open my eyes to what is happening outside of my comfortable bubble and to really appreciate what life is like in a different place in a different part of the world and to learn about myself too. It's, it's, I learn new things about myself every time I go somewhere new and discover a part of me that maybe has awakened or a reminder, or maybe just a brand new part that I'm like, wow, this is really cool and interesting. Yes, of course. Of course. All right. So do you have any rituals or routines when you get to a new city or country? Like the first thing you do? First thing I do is likely find a walking tour, like, because I want to get a lay of the land on foot. So that would be my first thing to do. And even like now, I would still do a self-guided one. So I would like figure out if there's an app for that or if I could just kind of DIY it myself. I want to be able to see, and I think walking is great because it's a slow approach to travel. So you're not like on a bus and you're being driven around. You might miss something cool and be able to pop into a place or pop into a store or something like that. What items do you absolutely need with you on your trips? Oh, the face mask, like to help me sleep (laughs) on the, uh, yeah, that is like super clutch. My water bottle, super clutch. Yes. Uh, My phone, of course, that's like super clutch and those are the three and my camera and oh, yes. also my podcast right. equipment. I bring my podcast equipment with me too. So those are like the essentials Look at this you. point. <laughs> always ready. Yeah. <laughs> always ready. Always ready. <laughs> Stay ready. You so for, you don't uh, have to get ready. Yeah. Exactly. No. Thanks for traveling sustainably with your water. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course. Yes, of yes. Course. Okay. Double duty for the last question. Um, what do you have coming up next? What trips do you have? And tell everyone where they can find you. Yes. So I am going to Cape Cod in a couple, in a month. Yeah, actually two weeks. No, two weeks. I'm going to Cape Cod in two weeks. It's my first 2021 trip. And then I also have a trip to Vermont. So I love visiting Vermont. And I've last year I went a couple of times and this year I'm going to go again. So I have Vermont trip coming up too. And yeah. And then to connect with me, you can head over to my podcast, the Thought Card Podcast. You could follow me on Twitter, the Thought Card on Twitter, and on Instagram, the Danielle Tazir. And for those who want more tips for affording travel, I do have a book called Affording Travel, Saving Strategies for Financially Savvy Travelers, which is like 
great. It like walks you through step by step how to save for travel, make it a financial priority. So I think that would be a good next step. That's awesome. And those are self-published too, huh? Yeah, self-published. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. My goodness. <laughs> Danielle, oh. thank you so much. Yes, well, thank you so much, guys, for having me. It was really, truly a pleasure. Thank you, Danielle. Uh, thank yeah. you for sharing, spreading your wisdom, and keep doing your thing. Don't forget, we are on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you loved this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Subscribe, follow us on any podcast platform and YouTube so you never miss an episode drop. And we'll see you at the next episode, y'all.